0: This is Arab Talk on KPOO 89.5 FM in San Francisco. This is Arab Talk with Jess and Jamal. I'm Jess Khan And I'm Jamal Dejani. Jamal, we're broadcasting back from North America. We're both uh, here locally and we have a great show today. We have a lot of good issues that we're going to be covering today, primarily having to do with the ongoing kind of i i I think i want to call it the israeli delusion that somehow they're fighting for democracy i mean there's all these crazy protests going on in tel aviv as you know israelis are upset now all of a sudden that benjamin netanyahu is the is the new renewed prime minister and they're afraid of democracy but they're really not protesting for democracy they're protesting for something else In fact, we're going to talk a little bit about this recent poll that came out from the Israeli Democracy Institute that half of Jewish Israelis believe that they should have more rights than their Arab compatriots. That doesn't sound like democracy to me, Jamal. That sounds, I don't know what we call it. Apartheid. That sounds like apartheid. Smells like apartheid. Jim Crow. Jim Crow, all of that. But they believe in democracy for themselves. They believe democracy is a good concept if you're Jewish. But if you happen to be Palestinian, Muslim, Christian, whatever, then it doesn't hold for you. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk also about another poll that came out. This is polling U.S. uh, citizens. 40% of Americans believe that Israel treats the Palestinians like the Nazis treated the Jews during the persecution during World War II. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. That's kind of an interesting development in terms of perceptions. I know how the pro-Israeli folks are going to spin that, but we'll talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk a little bit about um, the Harvard recension. They rescinded the former HRW Human Rights Watch executive director and founder's uh, membership into a uh, fellowship, basically, at Harvard. This is Kenneth Roth. He's going to be our guest next week, Jamal, but we should kind of review that for everybody. But before we get to all of that, there's a lot. We have a really great interview with uh, you and Professor Rabab Abdulhadi, who's the professor of uh, Ahmed at uh, San Francisco State University. Basically, she's, and this is not a breaking news, I mean, we've been covering Professor Abdul Hadi's struggles at San Francisco State, the attacks on her, the attacks on her scholarship, the anti-Palestinian, virulent anti-Palestinian attacks that she, her faculty, and the students have been experiencing at San Francisco State. And despite her winning every single legal battle, they're coming after her harder and harder and harder. They, they have not stopped. So this is a really important interview that you did with her. We'll be—let's—we uh, guess we should see it, and we'll see it on the other end. Increased
1: corroboration of Israel's human rights abuses, apartheid, and intensified ethnic cleansing of Palestinians have escalated debate and discussion on college campuses about the Zionist state, and its privileged relationship with the United States. Pro-Israel groups have long focused on squelching all criticism of Israel in educational venues nationwide, and at San Francisco State University, a dangerous new tactic to achieve this is proposed. It enshrines identity protection in a student's political belief in Zionism, thus characterizing criticism of it as anti-Semitic. This is The result of an assessment survey, the university commissioned two virulent Zionist groups, Hillel International and the Academic Engagement Network, to conduct. Strong opposition has been made in a press release signed by, among others, Jewish Voice for Peace and California Scholars for Academic Freedom. Professor Rabab Abdelhadi is here with us today to talk about this escalation of attacks against free speech in academia. She is the founding director and senior scholar of Arab and Muslim ethnicities and diaspora studies program at San Francisco State University. She was recently awarded the Jair El Bakarak Service Award of the Middle East Studies Association, MESA. Uh, Professor Abdul Hadi, welcome to Arab Talk. Uh,
2: Jamal, thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to be with you.
1: You have been a guest on several previous occasions to speak about San Francisco State University's repeated measures to muzzle and delegitimize both the teaching of Palestine and criticism of Israel. The latest, most dangerous iteration of this is to designate all criticism of Israel as somehow being anti-Semitic, give our audience a summary of how censorship vis-à-vis criticizing Israel has escalated, and when characterizing it as anti-Semitic, began.
2: Uh, I would just uh, go, thank you, Jamal. First of all, I think it's uh, two sides to the same coin. Criticizing uh, Israel and teaching Palestine uh, seem to be a very big problem for uh, Zionist groups, for Israel and for Israel lobby industry groups. And I would uh, include among them San Francisco State University administration that has increasingly become more and more and more overtly in in that perspective, as you said. uh, And this has been going on, actually, in our oral history interviews, teaching Palestine with several uh, Palestinian community students, scholars, working with San Francisco State. We speak to them ever since uh, maybe the Union of Palestine students was set up at San Francisco State in the late 80s. There has not been any occasion without Palestinians being targeted, criminalized. The height was in 2000, after 2001, 9-11, 2001, and Aqsa Intifada, when General General of Palestine Students was uh, sanctioned. And uh, the university of up a task force, presidential task force, which began as a very pro-Israeli task force. It was expanded to 200 people. You were one of them. There were so, so many people part of the community and recommended that there has to be a need to set up an academic program to advise the students and so on. It took five years from 2002 to 2005 when I was approached to come and set up. What um, they asked me, Arab and Islamic, I said, no, I think Ahmed, Arab and Muslim ethnicity and diaspora studies makes much more sense, Uh, and uh, this has continued. In 2002, GOPS was sanctioned. Right before I came on campus, the students were uh, sanctioned for the Palestinian mural honoring the late professor. Edward Said. Uh, then there was, when I came on, there was multiple Zionist groups who protested at the holding of a conference on campus by al which was already approved by the university. After I came, uh, there was a big attack against us hiring the two faculty members that I had insisted upon. In my contract, in my job contract, otherwise I would not have come and joined San Francisco State for the simple reason, that you can't build a program with one person. You really need critical mass. And uh, the Zionists also paid $90,000 in order to bring a visiting scholar in Israeli studies. The universities continues to set up Israeli studies and bring people who are very much pro-Israeli right-wing Zionism. Zionists, committed Zionists to set up this program. It escalated to attacking me and attacking cops, accusing me of misuse of university funds, and very single accusation that they have had lodged against me. I was cleared, not only I was cleared, I was cle- completely vindicated, including a very vicious, nasty, uh, frivolous, but very dangerous lawsuit by the Lawfare Project uh, uh, saw, uh, filed on behalf of students at San Francisco State, as well as a former director of the Jewish National Fund who also sued, I was the only per- professor who was sued, along with multiple university uh, uh, administrators and uh, leaders. The judge, we or we were the only ones, and I say we, myself, our campaign, our community, we fought it, we decided we're not going to allow the university to settle, because it is very dangerous to acknowledge to admit that there is anti-Semitism at San Francisco State that comes out of teaching Palestine I mean this is really was the crux of the matter we want the judge dismissed the lawsuit with uh, prejudice and I actually specifically stated that in one sentence that just because I am anti-Semit anti-zionist and support Palestinian resistance does not make me anti semitic with all of this stuff this has happened again and again and again they canceled classes for Ahmed, they, during the COVID, COVID, they used it as a way to create facts on the ground. It's very interesting. I don't really want to say it, but it's it's very similar to Israeli tactics against the Palestinians. Using any occasion whatsoever to create facts on the ground, it again and again. They silenced our open classroom. The university, the, the big tech silences. The university did not provide us alternative. We filed grievances against the university. We won all the grievances. Not not in my my small in a very big way, and the university is very upset. And actually, the report that you're speaking about, it turns out that they had already done the report a year. Well, ago.
1: well, that's, that's, let's let's get ago. into let's let's get into that. Uh, yeah. Tell us yeah. about the memo submitted by the two Zionist organizations that uh, San Francisco State University commissioned to do a survey.
2: Yes, uh, so this is this is very interesting. It's actually very very suspicious too and very problematic, because it seems that the university has commissioned these two groups, Hillel International, which is actually quite discriminatory. It doesn't allow any Jewish students who support boycott divestment sanctions to join. It, it uh, kicks them out. And there are several now chapters called Open Hillel by uh, Jewish students at various colleges, including Swa- Smart War, which is a very well-known liberal arts college on the east side, uh, challenging and saying that you are actually sh- silencing up, shutting us up, and the academic engagement network, which for those who do not know, they need to know, it was set up by Yudov, Mike Yudov, the former chancellor of the UC, who was actually, who had, who left under very suspicious circumstances. He had a vote of no confidence. People did not really like him. He set up this uh, this network, and now it is, the executive director is a woman, a professor by the name of Mar- Mariam Ilian. Uh, Ilman, who's very rapid anti Zionist, pro-Zionist professor at Syracuse University. Both are very well known about targeting specifically Palestinian scholarship. They specialize in attacking people on campuses, scholarship, students, and uh, advocates. And so the university seems to have commissioned them from the memo that we've seen. It just came out of nowhere in a letter that uh, President Mahoney sent to the campus saying that there is, we had commissioned them a year ago, last year. Nobody knew about it. Nobody heard about it. Mind you, we are a public university. They put it out and then in it, they claim that they are there. They make a lot of claims and we, I'm sure we will get into it. And then in the, this uh, October, uh, President uh, Mahoney put out a memo saying, oh, we commissioned this and this is in order for us to address the uh, climate, campus climate that is anti-Jewish. Except that everything in the memo itself, the the findings prove the opposite. They actually contradict the claims that the memo was set up against, uh, for, towards. And then at the end, they conclude that the the thing that really needs to happen is that banning anti-Zionism and not allowing anti-Zionism in teaching. By the way, I'm the only person who's mentioned in the whole memo and alumni studies is mentioned in the whole memo nobody else is mentioned they are
1: so practicing. so the press just just uh, the press release points out that it was issued how the memo these organizations drafted is at odds with the actual uh, yes. campus climate assessment report in many aspects that's what you're talking right. about yes. uh, for for example mischaracterizing what a majority of Jewish students think where any other organizations commissioned to make recommendations vis-à-vis the, their community, for example, were Palestinian or Muslim organizations? All also asked uh, for uh, recommendations.
2: No. No, 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 To my knowledge, no Muslim organizations, no Arab organizations, no non-Muslim, non-Arab organizations, no organizations that do uh, research like that. Say pure research or anyone. There is a whole, a lot of organizations in the academic. Environment. If you want to do an academic study, you actually go to groups that know how to do that. None of these groups have ever been to my knowledge have been as none of the faculty members have been as there is. They have a panel of people that they set up. On this panel, it's either people who are known to be pro-Israel and Zionist, or or people who actually have no knowledge whatsoever about the region, about Palestine, about Arabs, about Muslims, even about Zionism and Israel. I mean, they don't actually know the history. They have no they have no credibility. In order for you to have the credible study, in itself, the study is problematic. It's not a study. It's a propaganda piece.
1: Well, it's, 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 it's really unheard of that a political ideology be recognized as integral to one group's identity and be protected as such. And not all Jewish students are Zionist, right? You know that we. we this yes, is, and,
2: and actually the study says that this is. You know, they often say, "Oh, the students don't identify. Many of them don't know. identify with Israel or Zionism."
1: So wouldn't that mean that every group on campus is entitled to a similar identity claim? I mean, if they do, if you do it, if if you have this exclusive one group, why wouldn't you do the same to all the different groups that claim different identities?
2: This is another problem because, actually, in the history, the United States government itself, even, never, ever recognized a black identity as an identity that is integral to a group identity during the black power movement, civil rights movement, or during black lives movement. In fact, the FBI characterized these groups as terrorist groups because they say so. Nobody identifies that for, for, for Palestinians being Palestinian is actually integral. Many times we are referred to as Arabs. Sometimes we are not really referred to or whatever. The attacks against Muslim students on campus, the girls who wear the hijab, the Islamophobic stuff that we hear about in classes by professors and so on. The claims and so on are generally dismissed. You know that we tried to actually lodge a few complaints and uh, the students were uh, intimidated because they were afraid of being targeted just like me because when I, Filed the claims, I became more targeted, and retaliation and harassment started to have, have to become more. So the students were really afraid, including Jewish students. When there was a Nazi on campus, they could not. So there is, it, it is a very big puzzle. I mean, the question is actually should be maybe uh, posed to the university administration: Is what what were you thinking? What were you thinking when you did something of this sort? It is, I mean.
1: Well, it adding happened. added to this question, I should I should uh, ask: What role does CSU uh, play in in these exceptionalist, I would say, designations? Is San Francisco State University allowed to go its own way, being a tax uh, payer funded institution?
2: I think that, I mean this is a good question. The problem is that CSU is also very much part of this and i think part of the there is a couple of issues to mention for example you know about the scandal last year of uh, chancellor castro who was very much involved in covering up of sexual harassment was finally found out uh, he was supposed to be let go then they gave him a very higher sweetheart um, um, um consolation prize gave him more money and so on until everybody starts screaming at csu we know that there is a lot of complaints going on at several campuses, but there is something problematic with SFSU and CSU. And I also want to give you an example on on Palestine in particular, with what's happening with CSU at this point, and their collaboration with the Lawfare Project, which is actually as bad, if not worse, than uh, the collaboration with this. But let me go, part of the problem, Jamal, is that neither CSU nor SFSU are actually acting as public institutions institutions of the for the public. Public education is supposed to benefit all members of the public. Equally is supposed to be accountable to the public. So what they do, just like this report, it's all behind our backs. Nobody knows that is going on. It's not subject to scrutiny. People submit, and including us, public record request FOIA, which is according to California law, we're supposed to receive it. We don't receive it. We do not know what's going on. There is a lot of harsh secrecy, and when people file grievances, they are supposed to all be secretive. They all go to HR, and you know HR, Human Resources. And their job is to basically uh, uh, clear the university of any uh, liability. Now, most recently, CSU actually uh, told the union, the union uh, which, is, which represents me, that they are going to reveal, to release to the lawfare project, to somebody, a lawyer who's atta- related to the lawfare project, is in his letter he is CCing c- the head of litigation of the lawfare project that sued us, right? Uh, and ha- has been maligning us and smearing us and so on. They're going to release to him all the files of my grievances that we, uh, that we won last year uh it is it is clear that this is vindication this is the, the universe is trying to it's being vindictive because they lost big time all of this but the grievances are not supposed to be uh, subject for them to release to anybody because all grievances are supposed to be protected we're members of uh, the union we're supposed to be protected by the collective bargaining agreement now the university lawyers are actually collaborating with the lawfare project and arguing the head of the university litigation, CSU now, not just SFSU, SFSU too, but CSU also, that they have the right to give this because our grievance was public, but all statutory grievances are public. They are never held privately. Anybody could come from the street and go and attend. Nobody is turned away. The difference between before COVID and after COVID is this was online because I spoke what my opinion was, I should not have been punished. What the universe is trying to do, they're punishing me for speaking up my, 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 uh, my views, speaking up about advocating for Palestine, being anti-Zionist, and I'm going to say clearly, and they knew, by the way, before. Well,
1: when, when you read, uh, because you mentioned uh, anti, being anti-Zionist, when you read what defines Zionism by Zionists themselves, it is a supremacist colonial settler project dating back to Herzl himself in his own words. Don't you think that when uh, the past and present presidents of San Francisco State University come out in full support of Zionists, they should delineate what this racist ideology advocates for and own it? Don't you think so? Yes.
2: Of course they should. I mean, I mean no, the,
1: the current president is a historian.
2: Uh, it's not only a historian. She claims to be a historian of white nationalism. Uh, she doesn't say white supremacy, so white nationalism. But if you really know, don't you, you don't even really need to know the history of the U.S. as a colonial state. I'm, 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 I'm giving her, I will give that. I'm, I'm saying you don't have, but you know that there is the history of U.S. white, quote unquote nationalism, white supremacy, that has been very intimately related to Zionism. There is so much writing on it. You cannot escape it. It's not like there is a little obscure references. Well, it's, it. in, it's in, in their own
1: words. This is not even by, by someone from the outside writing about it. This is when you read early Zio- the early Zionist founders or the early Zionist movement itself, it's all in writing what that this was a settler colonial project.
2: I am, no, but but we're talking about, you're asking me about uh, President Mahoney right. who's a historian, huh? but also President Wong uh, before. President Wong came saying, oh, I admire Edward Said. I love his writing, if you read one word of Edward Said, you know that there is something wrong with Zionism. Okay. You don't agree with all of us. Go and look at the majority Majority of the Jewish scholars are credible. I'm not talking about the, the scandals where people are actually trying to uh, mingle things and mess them around and they, every single time they're caught into one uh, scandal after another academic and scholarly research, which is, which is also part of this problem as well, because we are at a campus university. So. If he had read any word from Edward side, he would know that there is something wrong with Zionism. It was all as a result of lobbying and collaboration with Israel lobby industry groups. Donors, preachers will give you money. <laughs> and of course, as you know, even before Ahmed, prevailing Islamophobia, anti-Arab, anti-Palestinian hostility and racism, that's part of the mindset of the American uh, racist uh, imaginary.
1: So, for example, when Zionism advocates for killing Palestinians with impunity and ethnically cleansing populations from villages, these are facts that are documented in Israeli media and Israeli based by, by the way, Israeli historians. Is this what San Francisco State University stands behind?
2: This is what. I'm, what this is actually the question that we're asking. It's with now when everybody. I mean, if you say, let's say in nineteen, uh, maybe forty-eight. Okay. Or if you want to say in 1967 or something, maybe some people must, were misguided. Today, every single Israeli newspaper, mainstream, there were 100,000 people. And that This week, protesting against the Israeli government, Israeli ministers, including Netanyahu, who is now actually being seen as a centrist compared to Ben-Gavir and Smallish and all of these more racist ones. Netanyahu has uttered so many statements against Palestinians. It's just—it's really a question for me. It's really surprising, as this mind boggling. It's mind boggling. Why are you? Why are you hanging on it? Just reminds me of the of the scholars who stood by the South African apartheid um, government when it was falling apart, and everybody in the world was saying it's a problematic, except for President Reagan who was saying, "Let's do constructive engagement." Why are you? Well, I'm going, even,
1: I'm going to even fast forward from historical items. And we're talking about today when, I mean, this is to me, I, I, I'm asking this question, not, not to you. I'm actually asking this question to the administration and to President Mahoney. When in within the past 18 months, we're talking about something within the past 18 months or 24 months, when Amnesty International, Human Rights Watch, Israel's own human rights organization, Salem, the United Nations rapporteur, uh, uh, the Israel's former attorney general, all say that Israel practices apartheid. Don't they pay attention to this and change their
2: tune? Um, and this is what um, the, this is really for me. I think this is a question for the administration. I would like to ask, I mean, I've asked Jamal, and you know, we've all asked. I've asked the community, has asked the students, have asked when the university came up with a statement in support at one, uh, 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 one point about two years ago, I remember the students wrote a letter to President Mahoney, and we went and met with President Mahoney when she came, thinking that she claimed that she's going to do things differently, and she was hired right at the same time when I received that death threat, if you remember, at the, my university. It turns out that it wasn't actually only to my university uh, main box. It went to her office as well. And they sat on it until we discovered it. She was saying, we're going to be open. We're going to treat everybody equally. We're going to do this. But then when when, when she met with students in her own office, she brought somebody from the community who pretended to be representative of the community. And that person used the F word, a cuss word against the Palestinian students when they said that We need to talk about Palestine and Israel. And the person used the cuss word, neither President Mahoney, nor the Dean of Syria, nor any of the administration heads who are, by the way, part of this report, their names are on the report, stood up for the students. They let the students, young women who are strong and wanted to speak up their mind and politely, nobody stood up for them and nobody defended them. So I'm not sure, I really, it's really mind-boggling what's going on. My only explanation, I mean, so then they need to explain themselves. But my only explanation, based on evidence and based on whatever we're seeing and so on, this is something that has to do with this corruption at high places. It has to do with secrecy. It has to do with the refusal to be accountable. And, it, and so, because we do not know, how is this uh, study was commissioned? Who paid for it? How is it? And then the study itself, it's so problematic. I mean, if, uh, problematic might be a very polite word to say in uh, uh, academic... Uh, at the all the question the questions themselves are not actually set up in a, in a good survey method then the findings contradict the the the, 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 the questions the questions say uh, many students do not uh, feel uncomfortable on campus then they say your students feel uncomfortable on campus they say we interviewed they interviewed uh, eight or nine uh, professors all uh, all all but one said that they don't uh, support zionism and they don't they,
1: they don't they're not for zionism it's, it's even bigger than this i mean like as i mentioned it's 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 sad in 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 this day and age when uh, all major organizations have certified israel as an apartheid state and they are looking the other way and ignoring this fact and in fact what that tells me is that they are supporting apartheid that's what they're doing that's they're supporting exactly. apartheid in palestine and they're supporting it on campus i don't know what's their their position but they definitely have to come up with an answer to this uh, as uh, i've mentioned know, in the intro only,
2: let me just say one thing it's not only they need to come up with an answer they need to be held accountable yes they because do of course they're with crimes against humanity
0: the
1: history will not history will not be kind yeah. to them. This is what I, I have to say. Yeah. As I've mentioned in the intro you've been awarded the very prestigious award, the Baccarat Service Award of the Middle, uh, of the Middle East Studies Association and before that the AAUP's uh, Georgina M. Smith Award have you ever been celebrated or honored by the San Francisco State University's administration?
2: No, actually, there not a single, not a single administrator has said to me, "Congratulations, this is a huge honor." Not some, not not none. One of them has actually held it as uh, an honor for the university. It was a huge accolade. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, when I was uh, docked uh, by some of these uh, um, French Zionist groups, Canary Mission, and so on. I received an email from the uh, from the Dean of faculty and the Provost saying oh we see that you are being doxxed. I'm sure we're sure something we're sure that you're used to it like because we're Palestinians we're supposed to be using to abuse and so um, I had one of my students who's helping me with disabilities read them an email and saying no this is not okay. are you going to condemn that and are you go- are you going to issue a statement to support me and to say this is not true? that this is not, I am not, I'm not supportive of terrorism. I am not engaged in anti-Semitism. And uh, to uphold me, are you going to rescind this uh, this report? And uh, the Dean of Faculty sent back an email saying, oh, as you know, thousands of people are ducks every day. Thousands of people are attacked every single day. And uh, that uh, if you reach out to me, so, and when I was thinking about how do I respond, I actually so thought that might the best response might be, and then I realized maybe I shouldn't really waste my time because it's such a waste of time to engage with them. But I remember the the, the interview Rassan Kenefani had with that Australian reporter. So then when the Australian reporter, he said, you want to talk, and Rassan Kenefani said, talk about what? And he said, peace. And peace for what? Uh, you want to express my position for what? And it basically speaks about, like we say in Arabic, That I am telling you something, and you're refusing intentionally, intentionally to listen, which is a phenomenon in academy and in public life called as gaslighting. What they are doing is they are, they try to actually mess with my head, to try to to take me on a wild goose chase. I'm on sabbatical. They're supposed to be supporting me in order for me to do my research, scholarship, and so on, and they're doing everything in their power and beyond in order to undermine that. A big part of it really, I'm telling you, Jamad, they're being vindictive. They are very upset because they've been caught with eggs on their faces. We have—we had our faculty colleagues, nine, three, unanimous faculty uh, committees randomly selected, voted in our, in our favor. They demanded that the university respond and implement the decisions and enable us to have our open classroom that was silenced by Zoom and Big Tech, which is our right. And asked the university of Buenos and demanded that the university to hire faculty and allow Ahmed to be an, an independent program. They don't want to respond to that. And President Mahoney came and actually vetoed. It's very interesting. She vetoed these decisions that are decisions of faculty governors. This is again where democratization happens, and they always claim that governments in the third world are corrupt and so on. I would say don't go too far. Go to San Francisco State University. You have an example. Study this here. And so she's doing that, and at the same time, she sanctioned this very terrible, bad, and I don't even know how they are not even embarrassed to put their names on such a study that is so bad that any maybe uh, second year or third year student who knows a little bit about methodology can take it apart.
1: Finally, what are you planning to do? What are your plans for the future?
2: We are, uh, as you know, we have a very big coalition that has majority of the people around me has happened over the holidays now so we are actually going to be demanding uh, the public records of every single thing that has surrounded this and we encourage the public the audience people who are listening to you we are demanding that San Francisco State is held up accountable and uh, accountable CSU is accountable to this we are communicating with our colleagues at various campuses because we hear, that there are some things happening here and there, but it's all in grave because the university holds the the, the control over information, and especially now. Then there is no public uh, discussion groups. They do everything, BCC and so on. And we are demanding the implementation of the faculty hearings panel, the three faculty hearing pa- around academic freedom. Enable me and my colleague, Dr. Tomomi Kanakawa, to have uh, uh, our open classroom. Uh, bit higher the the faculty Ahmed faculty needs stop interfering and undermining uh, Ahmed and uh, you and is uh, um, basically acknowledging that Ahmed is an independent program that Ahmed is not under the mandate mandate remember mandate or Colonial rule of anybody Ahmed is independent and uh, we also want to be able to hold them accountable. around this so we're asking everybody to contact call, call email, ask everybody in the administration at San Francisco State, the president, the provost, the deans, as well as CSU, and say, what is going on? And let us let us know, the names are on the press release, it's available online. And so we would like everybody to support us because we do are not going to stop teaching Palestine. We're not going to stop saying Zionism is racism. We are not going to stop supporting uh, justice-centered education as we do in every single aspect of our work. We're not going to be silenced. And so they are the ones who should be ashamed of themselves, and they should really think very carefully about changing uh, their route and their and their uh, collaboration and complicity with Zionism. And I would just say remember apartheid South Africa.
1: Dr. Rabab Abdelhadi, thank you for coming on
0: Arab Talk.
2: Thank you for having me, Jamal.
0: That's the voice and the face of Professor Rabab Abdelhadi at San Francisco State, Jamal. I don't even know what to say anymore. They never stop. Well, here
1: is the funny thing. What's what's going on at San Francisco State University ties to everything that we're going to talk about next, which is really about Israel apartheid, uh, about all these actions uh, taken, whether in Tel Aviv or or right here in the United States, to uh, whitewash uh, that that apartheid or, or... or basically create a distraction. And San Francisco State University, the sad thing about it is going way back. I mean, imagine you have, we've talked about this and this is going through several administrations and several presidents at San Francisco State University. And you could say before, yeah, okay, you know, there is an influence by the Israel lobby there. There is some hesitation. They're trying to play this balance game that we could, but now, I mean, just for the past, uh, I mean, talking about just the past year or two, yeah. Israel has been labeled as an apartheid state by Human Rights Watch, has been labeled an apartheid state by Amnesty International, by the United Nations Rapporteur, by its own human rights organization, the organization Beth Salem, by its former attorney general. Then you have the most racist go- government ever. You have... Uh, 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 you know, criminals serving on on on, on in, in that government, and yet San Francisco State University still plays the same games of uh, criminalizing uh, Palestinian advocates and censoring and censoring and, speech and, and there, Palestinian and Palestinian scholarship, and and scholarship, and 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 saying it's it's really we support, and that's what they're saying, and that's what Dr. Abdel Hadi, that so called. Survey that they've conducted or study uh, says that uh, San Francisco State University supports Zionism. Imagine in this day and age when 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 we're seeing everything that's about Zionism, which is basically discrimination, racism, and ethnic cleansing of Palestinians. We support Zionism, and and uh, the target on campus are uh, Jewish students. And I'm sure uh, there are Jewish students who have been targeted because anti-Semitism is everywhere, just like Islamophobia, just like racism and so forth. However, they uh, play this exclusionary exclusionary
0: game, I would say. Yeah, but the fact that it's happening with such virulence and such intensity at San Francisco State really does reflect uh, something above and beyond this kind of microcosm that we're seeing throughout the academy and throughout the university. I mean, you have Professor Rabab hadi one of the foremost leading Palestinian-American scholars, not just in the United States, but in the world, Jamal. And with multiple lawsuits, multiple investigations, she's been not just cleared, but vindicated both legally and administratively of every single charge that the pro-Israel uh, kind of uh, um, pro-Israeli uh, forces have have brought up against her, and they've enlisted former presidents of San Francisco State, the provosts, and other academic, you know, uh, structures within San Francisco State, and they've lost every single time. Not only
1: they lost, not only they lost lawsuits, Jess, but the crazy thing is that. Um, Dr. Rabab Abdelhadi brought a grievance in front of her peers. That's right, and and the president of San Francisco State University overruled this, vetoed their decision, which is basically to open an investigation, to apologize to her, to give her support, everything else, and at two hearings and and then the president stepped in and said no we're not gonna we're not going to accept the findings the findings that were basically uh, or the judgment that was rendered by That's professors right. the academic at, senate the acad- the academic exactly senate. and i'm like so if the you know i mean it, it's like the the president of san francisco state university just does not want to honor does not want to respect
0: the people that they hire well i think I think we can also say very clearly, and I know you, you've met with the president of San Francisco State as as kind of, uh, she invited you to come and meet with her to talk about relations with the community and things like that at San Francisco State and the, and the larger Bay Area community. Um, it's a very simple equation, Jamal, and she doesn't shy away from it. The donors have come to her, the donors have come to San Francisco State and basically said, you need to shut down Professor Abdel Hadi or you're going to lose funding. Basically, all the what, money. this this ties to our last story.
1: I don't want to jump the gun here, but with the we should uh, talk about it, but, we but which is rescinding the fellowship, Harvard University rescinding the fellowship of uh, human rights uh, advocate Kenneth Roth. <laughs> Uh, and if you read the Crimson, uh, that's the Harvard publication. Uh, they talk about funding issues, even though Harvard University denies that and and the, and the pressure that they have uh, received to deny someone who they went after and offered they offered, offered him. the position to Kenneth and then that. and and now there is a big investigation. Actually, you know, we'll get back to that anyway. Uh, let's go to our first story, Jess, which is really this is um, <laughs> in the midst of everything uh, that's happening now. There is uh, a um, the annual index that's uh, that this is a, a research and a uh, a poll that is has been conducted uh, in Israel. Uh, they've had the annual index of twenty thousand plus people. Uh, found that in, in conducted in Israel, found that 57 percent of Israelis oppose blocking the Supreme Court's authority in halting legislation from the Knesset as proposed by Israel's government. That's something in in essence. Uh, in essence, if the if the essence of those laws are anti-democratic, but also half of Jewish Israelis believe that they should have more rights than their they call Arab compatriots, but those are Palestinians with That's... Israeli citizenship. And this is again a new survey released this past Sunday from Israel Democracy
0: Institute. So I have one word for you, Jamal delusional. Israelis are delusional. They continue to be delusional. On the one hand, they want to fight for democracy, they want to protest Netanyahu, but they only want to protest and believe in democracy for Jewish. Israelis. They don't really believe in the 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 kind of reality of what a democracy means anywhere in the world is that when you believe in democracy, you believe in democracy with equal access to democracy for all people who happen to live. And basically, they have been outed. I mean, Benjamin Netanyahu has been outed. He's somehow the scapegoat in this extreme fascist Islamophobic regime is is being targeted as being horrible which it is but they want to portray it in the media jamal as all these courageous israelis are now demonstrating in tel aviv for democracy what this what this poll says is that they're kind of in denial and are somewhat delusional too because they really don't believe in the reality of democracy they believe in this very narrow racist view of democracy only for themselves and can i ask you the obvious question did did you hear about this on CBS, CNN, MDC? No, and that's the spin. The
1: spin, that's what's going on in Tel Aviv. It's about democracy, you know, just like what we see in the Western world, right here in the United States. People demonstrate against this president, like, you know, former President Trump or, or in Europe. And which brings to mind a, a tweet uh, that uh, I read from uh, a, a contributor and a regular to the show, uh, uh, Diana Buto, who we've had on the show many times, and she said, don't get fooled by these demonstrations in Tel Aviv, because it is not about peace, it is not about Palestinian rights, and, and none of that. And, and she's absolutely, 100% right. It is, it is not, I mean, all of a sudden now, supposedly a certain, again, that's not all Israelis because, you know, that uh, you have uh, also on the other half, those who voted for the most racist government ever, as if other governments weren't racist enough. But this half, they wake up one day and they feel that you know, they're trying to change the Supreme Court, they're trying to suppress some of their rights, but at the same time, these demonstrations, e- even though I have to say there are the few, and maybe I don't know what's the percentage who demonstrated in Tel Aviv carrying the Palestinian flag and wanted to focus the um, the issue uh, about uh, Palestinian rights and so forth, but the vast majority, it's really Israelis somehow... Uh, you know who they? Most of them feel entitled, and they feel now their own rights. They didn't mind when when Palestinian rights were being usurped. You know, I'm talking about. I'm not talking about even Palestinians in the West Bank. We are talking about the 1948 Palestinians, exactly. Palestinians with Israeli citizenship. Exactly. They didn't care about that, but now all of a sudden, hmm. this new government is trying to come up with new measures, and they're saying, "Hey, wait a minute." Yeah, uh, you know this is undemocratic. We're calling for democracy. We're calling for this, so that's the illusion that has been uh, represented in in Western media that this is about right. Israel is rejecting the government that, because, and because and of its why, treatment of Palestinians.
0: Right, and that's why you, you use the word illusion, and I'm I'm using a stronger word that they're delusional, that this is a true uh, societal. A delusion that somehow these are kind of um, democratically inclined israelis who are worried about israeli democracy uh there is no israeli democracy right now they're not demonstrating for israeli democracy they're they're demonstrating for really nationalistic uh, personal kind of attachment to this apartheid state the all if they were really demonstrating for democracy jamal they would be they'd have to dismantle apartheid that's i mean
2: we
1: we spoke earlier about the poll i mean the poll tells it all when you have half of the israeli society telling you that basically they're talking about jewish supremacy i mean it it, in plain and simple they're saying we should have more rights than palestinians we should have more rights than muslim palestinians we should have more rights than christian palestinians we should have more rights than other ethnicities. What do you call this? Imagine if we said this right here in the United States, which used to happen, by the way, with the African American community. But now, in the year 2022, someone says that whites should have more rights than Hispanics or Blacks. Well, they don't say it. I mean, I'm talking. I'm talking mainstream. I'm talking mainstream. Right. 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 But I you mean, know, we. Kind of we know, we know that we know we know, and they and they know themselves the racists, the KKK, whatever hidden KKK or something like this. But in Israel, you have politicians who are saying this, serving the government, and who have called for this, and then you have the average Joe, fifty percent, at least one in two, saying that.
0: Yeah, and the difference also between the United States and the apartheid regime in Israel, Jamal, is that the Israelis have codified apartheid. They have codified uh, racism. We've talked about this many times. You you have over 500 Jewish-only laws which protect the rights of its Jewish citizens, but not its non-Jewish citizens, Palestinians, Muslims, Palestinian Christians. So Here, at least in the United States, we have laws that ostensibly protect all of the citizens of the United States. But the apartheid, regime actually has Jewish-only laws. So when is this country, Jamal? I mean, and remember, Joe Biden says he looks forward to working with his friend, Bibi Netanyahu. When is the media here? When is this country going to wake up? Well, it looks like getting to the next item that we were going to talk about. Maybe there's a little, a little movement in the American populace about their understanding of historic Palestine and the apartheid regime and the amount of, and the extent of the brutality that, you know, the Israelis are uh, exacting against Palestinians. What do you think? This is an interesting poll that came out.
1: Well, uh, I think it's an interesting poll, but also I don't like the way how it is presented and and who's behind it. So this is this poll, actually, uh, this is an ADL survey, and we know the ADL puts more focus on right. uh, conflating criticism of, of, uh, of Israel with anti-Semitism. So, so you have to look at it. And this is I'm talking about an article and the poll that appeared in, in East. And basically, the ADL service survey reports that 40% of Americans believe that Israel treats Palestinians as Nazis-treated Jews, which is really, you know, well, it's a, a remarkable indication yeah. of Israel's sinking reputation in the U.S. However, what ADL tries to do is to say that because of this or because of criticism of Israel in... On social media, on college campuses, etc., this has been uh, the fuel behind such sentiment. You understand how the ADL
0: is using? Well, they think it's a reflection of anti-Semitism.
1: Yeah, and 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 that's again instead of that separation, and that's what not only critics critics of Israel. Um, I mean, you have um, uh, American Jews, a sizable number. Uh, who reject Israeli occupation of Palestinian territories, who reject Apartheid, but they try to lump some, everybody put them all in the same basket and say that by criticizing Israel, by criticizing Zionism, by criticizing whatever, basically by criticizing Apartheid and occupation, you are an anti-Semite. And that is very dangerous.
0: No, it's very dangerous, Jamal, and it links back to uh, your interview with uh, Professor Abdul-Hadi because it's all linked. Because it appears that the only strategy now that the, that the pro-Israel lobbies have uh, in their arsenal of attacks to protect the apartheid state is, is to trumpet the, the threat of anti-Semitism. Now, as we've always said, there is real anti-Semitism. It needs to be confronted like all other forms of hate and racism and and attacks. But the way in which they're using it is to silence any and all criticism of this, of the apartheid state, and this criticism of Israel. We don't we don't have time to talk about it today, Jamal. But you know it's happening at the International Criminal Court. It's happening at the United Nations. It's happening in the EU. It's happening. With Israeli NGOs like Betzalel, it's happening with human rights organizations all over the world. I mean, the reality is, Jamal, they're losing the battle against trying to distort reality. The reality of apartheid is hitting very strong, and the world is beginning to really see this in ways that is, um, you know, really frightening to the to to kind of supporters of the apartheid state. I think that's really at the heart of what we're seeing now with the ADL and these reports. Yes, and uh, you know we're gonna we
1: have a few minutes left, but next week uh, we promise yeah. our audience we're gonna delve into this um, deeper because we're gonna have a conversation with uh, Kenneth Roth, and that's uh, our last segment here, Jess. And and um, I'm yeah. sure a lot of people have heard because it received a lot of coverage which uh, thankfully did receive a lot of coverage, unlike other incidents on other college campuses. Okay. But we'll take it. That's uh, you know this coverage. Now, so for those who know what happened, of course, uh, Kenneth Roth, the uh, former executive director of Human Rights Watch, has been there for decades, gets invited to a fellowship at Harvard University, and then, uh, the, basically, you have the dean of the Harvard Kennedy School, D, uh, Douglas uh, Elmendorf, uh, vetoes that decision and says, no, 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 we're rescinding this. Now, you know, just going fast forward, there are hundreds of Harvard affiliates, uh, and this is based on an article in the Harvard Crimson, calling on Harvard Kennedy School, Dean Douglas Uh, Elmendorf to resign. So there's a big campaign signed by by alums and alumni and all uh, academics, etc. So there's a big thing going on about this, which we're going to have a discussion with Kenneth Roth uh, himself uh, next week to explain uh, exactly what happened. But then again, this is all tied to Going back to Dr. Ababa Abdelhadi, what's happening at San Francisco State University, and that's why I say it's kind of crazy for San Francisco State University to keep taking that state same discriminatory stance when they see everybody is saying you are dealing with an apartheid state.
0: You know? Yeah, they're they're. I'll I'll say it, Jamal. San Francisco State, the the administration, the president, the provost—they're on the wrong side of history. Full stop the dean at harvard Elmendorf, he's on the wrong side of history history will show them to be cowards history will show them to be wrong and history will will kind of throw them to the side as people who have as the people who supported apartheid south africa learned you know you can't support this form of of exclusion and uh, and uh, and racism it's just you're on the wrong side of history And you've been listening to Arab Talk on KPO
1: San Francisco, 89.5 FM. Go to our website, arabtalkradio.com to download the latest shows, and we'll talk to you next week.
0: We'll see you next week.